I'd like to welcome you to our Beyond Times Square presentation today. We're here to talk about cultural events in New York City. And our speaker today is Eric J. Gordon. He's the Executive Vice President of Business Development at Beyond Times Square. Eric, welcome. Thank you. Live from New York, it's Thursday afternoon at Beyond Times Square. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hope uh, everyone is having a good Thursday and looking forward to the weekend. We've actually finally uh, getting some sunshine after three days of rain. Um, before we get into our, our 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 day and culture, talk about culture events and and uh, and whatnot going on in New York City, um, I do want to mention something probably you're all probably familiar with if you're a homeowner. Well, I'm at home working today, but I have the plumbers here. So they are doing a little bit of drilling. So if it does get a little noisy in the background, Lee just like mentioned something and I'll tell them to stop. Um, but I think we should be okay. So um, going through the webinar, and of course my, my page doesn't want to change. There we go. Uh, going through the webinar, um, that's me, Eric Gordon. I'm gonna be speaking to you today about culture in New York City. Um, if you've listened before, you're familiar with me. I've been in the tourism industry for 25, 26 years now. Um, been in the New York uh, tourism industry, doing groups and FITs for the last 15 or 16. Um, New York is my home. It's where I was born. Live in Brooklyn. I'm actually in Brooklyn right now, and uh, giving you this webinar. So you know, you, I definitely am someone I consider myself an expert uh, talking about New York City. So if there's any questions you have, you can always reach out to, reach out to me and the people at Beyond Times Square. We, we really do know our stuff. I also do want to mention a couple of things just about things that are going on in New York City that are not in the webinar, but just some things that I did that I thought are worth mentioning. Um, I actually went to go see the show Network the other day, which is the show with Brian Cranston that was nominated for a – he was nominated for Best Actor. And I got to say, if you're coming, if you have clients coming, um, the seats are going up in price, but he is just, he is fantastic. The show is great. Um, they probably could make it maybe 15 or 20 minutes shorter. Um, and the direction is, is they, they use televisions. They, they actually do one scene out on the street in, in front of the theater and then they film them and you watch it on TV screens and then they come onto the stage. They really do some cool stuff. And since it's a newsroom, the use of televisions uh, is really uh, relevant to, to what they're doing. So if I can definitely suggest new uh, network. Uh, of course, we do sell tickets to the shows. Um, definitely worth going to see. And then yesterday, I feel like a place of New York City that doesn't always get talked about that much, and maybe we need to do another another uh, neighborhood episode, is I used to live on the Upper West Side. And that's like you could say everything from Lincoln Center up to like – let's say 96th Street, and then it goes from the Hudson River to Central Park, roughly. So that's that's the Upper West Side um, for all intents. If you're a realtor, maybe you'll disagree a little bit, but all intents and purposes. And I had to go up there yesterday, actually, to meet a client. And I was walking around, and I'm walking up Amsterdam Avenue, and I'm looking at, like, the bars and the restaurants and the people out. It is just such a great neighborhood. Like, it doesn't really have a lot of hotels. There's, like, the Lucerne and the Excelsior. Um, and, and the Mandarin, which is at like the corner of 60th and Broadway. So that's like really still like North Midtown by Lincoln Center. But it was just awesome. Like this neighborhood had so much life and so many different ages of people on, 
you know, on the streets and at the restaurants. It was around like 6.30. So if you have clients coming into the city and like we do some walking tours and stuff up there and of course some stuff in Greenwich Village and there's the American Museum of Natural History and the New York Historical Society. But the neighborhood just to walk around and feel like a local is is send your send your people to the Upper West Side. So that's just a little tip that I just wanted to mention because I had such a good time. I went to a place called Veloce, V-E-L-O-C-E Wine Bar. And there's actually like five or six of them. It's like a New York City chain. It's not like a big chain. It's with the New York City chain. And they actually had happy hour wine. It was like seven bucks and it was awesome. So $7 for a glass of wine in New York City is actually a super bargain. And they had really good food too. Um, so just throwing it out there. So a little bit about Beyond Times Square, we offer private one-of-a-kind experiences in New York City. And don't forget, we do D.C., Boston, Philly, and Niagara Falls. We also do stuff around those areas. So we're doing some Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard and um, a lot more Hudson Valley, which is awesome. We do FITs and groups. So if you have, uh, you know, a special interest group that wants to come in and do something, and maybe it's 20, 25 people, 20 and up goes to our group department usually, and under 20 goes to our FITs. <coughs> um, our FITs, as many of you know, tend to stay towards the five-star and higher category, all private. Um, our groups vary. We do everything from student groups up until like corporate incentives. Um, so it's uh, a little bit more of a, a wider spectrum for our, our groups. And um, I'll never stop doing student groups because I just think that student travel is really such an important thing. Um, and then also, what, how do we do what we do? Like, how do we get this stuff done? Well, we make sure that we have relationships with the best people. And it's not about what you know, it's who you know. And that's what we do. So we make sure that we know the right people. So um, offer. Okay, this is the stuff we offer. You guys can read. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to repeat everything here. We'll send you after this uh, webinar, you're going to get our attachments that will have information about the webinar, information, information about Broadway, and then information about all of our services that we offer. So this is just some basic, I do mention hotels on there. Hotels are usually for groups. We actually prefer travel advisors to take care of the hotel on their own just because then they you know, have more choice of what they want to offer their clients. So here I am babbling for the last, I don't know, eight minutes, and we haven't gotten to the meat yet. So here is the meat. Let's talk about all the cultural stuff that's going on in New York City. Now, New York City has, I can't even count how many cultural institutions. It's, it's ridiculous, and I'm only focusing on, like, this is like the tip of the iceberg. Um, but there's a lot of things going on in New York, and so we're going to talk about those. So when your clients come in, you know where to send them. Um, and there's also other smaller things. So if you have a client who may be interested in, I don't know, basket weaving, I'm sure we have a basket weaving, some type of cultural center for basket weaving in New York City. So just ask and we'll, we'll work something out. So we do have some big anniversaries. And actually, this is the 50th year of the uh, um, Stonewall Uprising, which Stonewall down in Greenwich Village is actually now a national monument, um, actually dedicated to, by Barack Obama. Um, but that was the, people say it was the start of the pride movement in, 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 in the country, in the world. And that happened 50 years ago down in Greenwich Village. So this, this year is the year of pride. We're going to have the parade this year is going to be huge. That's going on in New York City. Um, I actually have some, I think some VIP viewing tickets that for me and a friend. So I'm excited about that because it's a great time. Um, there are so many different uh, museum exhibits going around the city. And I'll mention a couple. And I also, if you're interested in more of them, 
we actually have done a webinar all about pride in New York City, and there is a download sheet for that. So you can watch the webinar. You can email us for the one-page sheet about it. In fact, I think Margot just redid it the other day to add a few things. Um, and I think we have a blog that's coming out uh, also on our website, and our next newsletter is going to be about pride. So there's a lot of stuff going on about pride. Um, it's a big thing this year in New York City. So then also, you have the picture right here. That is the Harlem Renaissance. It is the 100th anniversary of the Harlem Renaissance. And, you know, that anniversary is not like a particular day. It's kind of over like a two-year period. But the Harlem Renaissance was like, it was, it was, you know what a Renaissance is, but it's like the intellectual and the artistic explosion in Harlem um, starting around the uh, uh, early 1920s, obviously, and in, in, in the teens also. And actually, it was originally known as the New Negro Movement. And over time, it was like, this is the Harlem Renaissance. This is music. This is art. This is poetry. And all these things that helped really put Harlem on the map. And those things are still there. I mean, jazz music is jazz music because of Harlem. And it has now stretches all five boroughs. And I mean, of course, around the entire country. Um, but there's going to be a lot of different things going on at different jazz clubs, um, at different museums that are up in Harlem and around the city. So definitely something for music lovers, I would say huge, um, but for art lovers also. Um, another thing I'm really excited about is the American Museum of Natural History. Maybe not so much cultural and more scientific, but it's 150 years of science. So 150 years that they have been talking about the the about nature about the universe about animals about microbes about us and so 150 years of science is a, is a pretty big feat i think in, in in my book and their actually big exhibition for this year is the t-rex exhibit so something definitely people say it's for the kids now i love i can't i haven't gotten it opened in march and i haven't gone yet i can't wait to go like it's near the top of my list so definitely something worthwhile and then one of my favorite places, Lincoln Center, I was lucky enough when I was a child that my parents, my parents had an office that was down the block from Lincoln Center. So I got to go there quite a bit um, to see either like ballet or my dad was really big into symphony. And even just to go hang out by the fountain was pretty cool. So Lincoln Center is made up of about 11 different institutions. So you're probably familiar with the Metropolitan Opera. And then there is the David Geffen Theater. And then also there is the uh, David uh, Koch Theater. And within those different, um, you have like the, you know, the opera is at the Met Opera, and then you may have the Philharmonic is in another location. But then there's also outside institutions that come and use these, these venues. So there's a lot of stuff that's always going on at Lincoln Center. They do have a few things that are going to be coming up this year that um, are not fully explained online. They're, they're getting things up there, but it's just a great time to go to Lincoln Center. And when people talk about, oh, I want to go to New York and I want to feel like a local, not dissing Broadway. I love Broadway, but Lincoln Center is really a place where New Yorkers go. So think about Lincoln Center when your people are coming. And then also part of Lincoln Center is jazz at Lincoln Center, which is actually down the block right by, if you're familiar with the Mandarin Hotel, it's like literally right next to the Mandarin Hotel at 60th and Broadway. And that always has great jazz stuff. And along with the Harlem Renaissance, I'm sure they're going to have some great, uh, some great programming. So those are things to think about. Keep in mind when your clients are coming. And of course, our office keeps those in mind when we're doing the planning for your clients. Um, some other things, some big openings that are going to, that are happening or happened already in the city. 
And one of those big openings is the new Statue of Liberty Museum, which actually opens today. So you are getting in on the ground floor of the new museum at the Statue of Liberty. So there is Liberty Island and there is Ellis Island. So the Statue of Liberty always had the statue. And you could go inside. It was kind of hard to get crown tickets unless you're Oregon like six weeks, six months beforehand. But there is the pedestal that you can go up to and whatnot. Now they have a museum that actually has the old torch, which was a really big deal when you went into the, uh, the pedestal part in the past. And then they also have the museum and it actually it talks about a lot of different things with the statue, of course, but it actually talks about the original meaning of the statue was to celebrate the abolition of slavery, the abolishment of slavery. Um, and it wasn't so much as a reference to immigration and it changed over time. And it, it actually, they, they touch on some really good points. Um, but that I've read about the New York Times had a good article. I'm going out there in a couple of weeks and I'm really looking forward to it. It's not a big museum. It takes 40 minutes to go through. If you've done programs at Beyond Times Square, we usually take people to the statue. Sometimes we go into the pedestal and then we go over to Ellis Island and that's where we do the immigration museum. So we are going to see how this works best in putting it into our tours because Going out to Statue of Liberty can literally be, Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island can be like a five hour a day. If people have limited time in New York, um, if you're only here for like three, four days, it's like how much time do you want to take a full day to do these two attractions? I'm not going to say they're not worth it, but everyone knows what's important to them. They've always been a big deal for me because my family came through Ellis Island. So, and I think what is it like over a third of this country's background came through, through Ellis Island. So it does, it is important. So that's something that you can always discuss with us in the office. The Apollo, everyone knows the Apollo. It has a great theater. It's actually expanding into the space next door, which I believe is the old Victoria Theater. And they're going to take over two performing spaces, not big ones, like maybe like 100 seat and 200 seat as compared to the 1500. But when you do something like that, when you take over spaces of that size, you can offer a different kind of programming. So things that are maybe more groundbreaking, things that maybe focus more on uh, experimental. So they'll still have the Apollo Theater, which it's great shows. And then they'll have some smaller stuff next door. You know, it really is the cultural key of Harlem. I mean, the, uh, and, and to see it grow after being there for so much time is really a great thing for the city and the redevelopment of, of 125th Street. Um, going over here to the MoMA, we all know the MoMA. Uh, it is on 53rd between um, uh, 5th and 6th. In fact, I just walked by there last night um, as I was coming back from the Upper West Side. But it is now, it's closed right now. It doesn't reopen until October, I believe. And it is expanding with 40,000 square feet of gallery space. So, I mean, that's like the size of a new museum in some cases. So, like, they are doubling the size. Not sorry, they're not doubling the size. They are they are largely increasing the size of what they can exhibit. It's also going to have a studio where they can do like live art and they can do dance. So that's going to be an exciting, uh, exciting uh, piece, a new piece of for New York City. And you know that's not cheap real estate. So they really got some a lot of donations and a lot of grants to build that because it is such an important museum in New York City. Below that is the shed. You might have all heard me talk about the shed before in Hudson Yards. Hudson Yards is our new neighborhood that's over on the west side of Manhattan. Um, it was definitely the topic of a webinar that I did recently. The shed is a cultural center that is actually on wheels. So this big piece right here slides back. 
and they can have a whole open area to do performance or a closed area to do performance. They have art galleries, um, gallery space on all of these levels. They can do some performance on those levels. So it is a pretty, um, it's a pretty dynamic performance space. They've had some stuff there, but Bjork is going to be like the really big opening. And that's, might have started like yesterday and she's there for a bit. So that's a pretty big deal. And going over to Hudson Yards, we actually just, um, put together a new program that is going to include the High Line in the Hudson Yards because the High Line goes right to the Hudson Yards. So I think it's a really good way to show your clients some new stuff in the neighborhood. Of course, go to the vessel. You might have all seen pictures of it on social media, but the vessel is like a vertical park. Tickets are, are free. And then, you know, we get them in advance and take your guests, take your guests up there. And then, of course, the candy museum. So if you guys, I think it's called the sugar factory. Yeah, the sugar factory actually is opening up a 30,000 square foot, uh, candy museum in the old limelight space. So if you're familiar with New York and you've been here, there used to be, there's a church and it became a club called the limelight, which was really, really big, you know, in like the seventies and eighties, um, until, until it was, uh, uh, closed down or changed or whatnot. And then it became, it sat empty for a long time. And then it's been a mall. It's been all sorts of different things. Well, now it's going to have the candy museum. Thank God it's going to have something. Kind of has been sitting a little vacant. They were going to put an IHOP in there. Thank God they didn't do that. So that's going to have the candy museum. It's going to be right on the corner of 6th Avenue and 20th. Is it, I think it's 20th. 20th or 21st. Um, so pretty easy to get to. And there's actually another museum called the Rubin Museum of, uh, of uh, Himalayan Art which is right by there also. So you can kind of make a day out of it, see some some uh, Asian art and then get some candy. So definitely something to check out. The kids are going to love it. Once it gets closer to opening, we're definitely going to have more information about it and see what we can do. There will be tastings. And then something that has been going on for a long time is the Jackie Robinson Museum. So some people have said, you know, museum just to one man. But I mean, we're talking about sports in civil rights. I mean, Jackie Robinson, he was a pretty incredible guy. I mean, he did break the color barrier in professional sports, which today, as we know, um, changed the entire face of sports. He was in the military during World War II. He actually got into officer school, even though they did not allow African-Americans so much into officer school. Um, and he's always been someone for civil rights. So museum, it's not going to be large. It's actually going to be down um, in the Tribeca area not too far from the Hudson River. Um, so looking forward to that opening. And it's been a long time coming. I mean, years and years and years people have been talking about it. So what else is going? So those are openings. So those are things that you can look for that are coming soon and be in the know when you're speaking to your clients. Then there's big exhibits. So, you know, there's always different art exhibits going on in New York City. And I was actually going through the list. Um, uh, actually, I get a list from uh, Carrie Ann, who's over at NYC and Company, and she is the senior director of like cultural cultural programs and community engagement. And she gets me a ton of information of what's going on in the city. And she actually has one document she sends me that that I've you know have seen that has like stuff all the way up to like 2021, 22. Um, and so there's so many things going on. I'm, I posted some of the the things that are happening in the closer future. Um, I think that they are important. Again, there are so many different things, so many different tastes, uh, in, in, of, of clients in New York City. So, um, so those are all things that are, uh, are, those are a lot of things that are going on. 
So the first thing I do want to talk about is the Met. Now, I don't know if anybody watched the pictures or saw the pictures of the Met Gala, but it was very crazy clothing. Like the clothing was completely crazy. And that's because it was based on the exhibit that is the camp notes on fashion. And basically camp is something that's like appealing, even though it's in bad taste. And I don't know if this is 100% in bad taste, but some of the stuff that was at the Mac Gala was just completely crazy in the pictures I saw, and it relates to the Costume Institute at the Met. So that's going on for a few months. Costume Institute's always super popular with people who are into fashion. Um, they did one last year that was like Christianity and fashion, which was fantastic. Um, it, they did a, a phenomenal job on it. But I think what's interesting with this one is that you have the stuff that's going on at the Met, at the Brooklyn Museum. There is a uh, an exhibit that is uh, focused on Pierre Cardin. And then FIT also has, because it's FIT, which is the Fashion Institute of Technology, always has exhibits to do with fashion. So you can really make a fashion program around that, and we definitely can help you do it. Um, of course, there's also the Whitney Biennial. So the Whitney has moved down a few years ago now, but the Whitney has moved down to uh, the Meatpacking District. It's no longer on the Upper East Side. Um, great building, really fantastic. And they have their bi biennial. And this is like the big event for people who want to know what's going out in art today. And it's like the most important, relevant work. The curators go out and they, 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 they look for the artists who are really making a difference nowadays. And they feature about 75 different artists um, and also collective groups of artists, and they, it's paintings, it's sculpture, it's installation, it's uh, uh, films and videos, photography, performance. So this is a huge event, um, the Whitley Biennial, and this will be in the sheet that we send over to you with how long it's going for. Um, we are looking to do how we can do like private tours. Um, we do some pre-opening tours with the Whitney, um, but which one of our art specialists can really talk about this because it is so many new artists. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like going to the Whitney a lot because it's uh, it's a great museum and it's in a great location. You know, I think today with everything, you can't just have a museum that has one thing. It, location is important. The 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 art, of course, is the most important, and then everything else that they offer is so important that you can actually make it a destination. And the Whitney truly is a destination. So definitely something to check out. Also, people are always excited about Basquiat. He actually had a kind of secret exhibit in the city recently, which it was impossible to get tickets for. But the Guggenheim is going to have his work called The Facement, which I don't, you know, I speak to all you guys about all this art stuff. I learn some of this stuff as I'm doing the research for these webinars. And like, I know all the locations. I know the Guggenheim. But like, I got to read about Basquiat today and, and, and read about this piece of art. And actually, this piece of art, it's called The Facement, and it's the untold story um, and it's about a, uh, uh, a graffiti artist who was uh, Michael Stewart, who was actually died at the hands of traffic cops as he was tagging a wall in the East Village. And this was Basquiat's retaliation to that, along with several other artists. So they're going to hang his work. They're also going to hang some of his contemporaries like Warhol and Keith Harding. And then they're even going to have some of Michael Stewart's work. Um, up in this one exhibit hall at, at the Guggenheim. So this should be a pretty big show. Uh, people are always looking for stuff to do with Basquiat. So I would definitely check that out. Um, I mentioned there are a lot of things going on in reference to Pride. This one is actually called um, On the Queer Waterfront. And it's actually at the Brooklyn um, Historical Society, the one in Brooklyn Heights. 
and it actually just talks about how Brooklyn was gay, and Brooklyn still is really gay, but it talks about um, the life on the waterfront and people who worked at the waterfront and just, and it also talks about a lot of people who just uh, challenged what the norms are of society. So it looks like there's some good work there. I'm actually going to check that one out myself. And then this last exhibit is um, uh, a pretty, you know, pretty deep and, and painful exhibit, I would, I would say. It's called Auschwitz, not long ago and not far away. And it's down at the uh, Museum of Jewish Heritage. And actually out front of the building, they have a railway car, um, a German railway car um, that was similar or was used for the transportation of Jews to concentration camps. Um, you know, uh, genocide is not something that is gone from this earth. And, you know, they say if we don't know about history, we repeat history. Um, so this is a pretty important exhibit, I think, for all ages, all religions, all races, because, you know, the Holocaust was six million Jews and six million others. Um, and so it's definitely something for, for people coming in. I think it's, it's worth the trip. I, I myself am going. Um, we do work with the Museum of Jewish Heritage for clients who do want to do private showings and whatnot. So something to keep in mind for guests who are looking to maybe expand the uh, uh, social and historical education of their kids or, or of themselves. Um, and then I'm talking a lot about New York. I mean, I'm talking a lot about Manhattan, all five boroughs in New York. I'm talking a lot about Manhattan. And there are a total of five boroughs of Manhattan. So um, five boroughs of New York. Um, Manhattan is only one of them, and there's a lot of great things going on in all the boroughs. So I mentioned Brooklyn a little. Um, I do want to mention the Brooklyn Museum, which is pictured right here. The Brooklyn Museum is world class. I mean, it is, it's like, I don't want to say it's not as big as the Met, but I mean, you could put it up against like other major cities' museums, and it has a lot, a lot. It has huge collections. Um, it's also a beautiful building. I, I happen to love it. Um, so definitely something that if you're going to Brooklyn for the day, you can do Brooklyn Museum along with the Brooklyn Botanic Garden or the Brooklyn Museum, um, along with going for uh, for food in, in, in Park Slope, spending a day in Prospect Park. Uh, it's a lot of stuff for kids to do in Prospect Park. So definitely recommend the museum. Brooklyn's also known for its great food. We have a lot of great chefs in Brooklyn. So come visit our museum. Come visit our food. Come visit. Come eat our food. You can take some home with you. Um, and then looking over down here, this is Socrates Sculpture Park in Queens in Long Island City. So Long Island City is a great neighborhood right on the water. It's actually north. So there's Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and then there's Greenpoint, and then there's Long Island City um, north of Greenpoint. And people know Williamsburg really well. We hear a lot about it. Greenpoint's really gotten on the map. We hear a lot about that. We don't hear a ton about Long Island City. Some people say because the name's called Long Island City, people think it's in Long Island. But Long Island City has has, uh, has a MoMA. It has a, a PS1, which is a MoMA, and it has the Socrates Sculpture Garden. It has a few other art museums. has great food, has restaurants. Actually, my friend works uh, for the, um, the uh, uh, like, a business improvement district for Long Island City. They have a lot of festivals. So the Socrates Sculpture Garden is right on the water. You can actually take a subway and walk there, but you can actually take a ferry. So one of the New York State, one of the New York City ferries will take you right to Astoria, and then you can walk about five minutes. And it's free, and it's open seven days a week, and it's great in the spring and summer and fall. So people who want to get out, do something different, maybe go with a guide who can take you around those the area of Long Island City. 
think you'll really be pleased. And then over on Staten Island, and a lot of people don't get over to Staten Island, but if you do have people who are into historic homes, uh, there is the uh, Alice Austin house. And she was also a, she became a much better known photographer after her death. Um, but she did a lot of groundbreaking work in photographing like high society life and also like lower income citizens. So that's, I've been out to her house. It has some beautiful grounds. It has a lot of her work. And also I'm not going to get into her life story, but she has a very interesting life story and, and reading about her as a person. Um, I think there's a book, more than one book about her, but um, it's definitely to go out there is to not just see the house and not just see her work, but to really learn about her as a person. And actually she called the house Clear Comfort, which I think is a fantastic name. Um, you know, it was obviously there was, it was clearly a place that she went to be herself. So that is the cultural happenings that we are doing in New York City. And then my favorite topic, not food, one of my favorite topics is stuff that is outdoors. So I cannot end this webinar without talking about all the great stuff outdoors in New York City. A lot of it is music. A lot of it is things that are not to be missed. Um, when I travel, I try to go see music everywhere because, again, you want to feel like a local, get out there and go where the locals go to see music, be among the people. And that's what, that's what to me, this stuff is all about. So first is summer stage. There's a summer stage in Central Park. Then they have like in other boroughs, there will be summer stage um, events going on. But summer stage has free and pay concerts. So you can look at the schedule. You can literally just go and show up at a concert. I mean, if it's something very popular, there will be a line and whatnot. But for an out-of-towner who wants to be around New Yorkers and see what it's like going out to summer stage, it's it's great. Um, I don't have anything planned for there for this season yet, but I have to go back and look at the schedule. Definitely something worth going to do, any client or yourselves who love music. After that, there is um, uh, the concerts that are in the – they do one in each borough, and it is the Metropolitan Opera actually performs an opera in each borough for free on the lawn. And people come with their chairs, they come with their food, they bring a bottle of wine, you know, a container's illegal, I don't think the cops really do anything about it. And they're out there and they're getting a free opera. Um, the Philharmonic does this also, and I'm just not sure if they still do, but we can definitely check on that for you. Going down there, this is Celebrate Brooklyn. This is the band shell at Prospect Park. I've seen tons of concerts there. It's a great place to go. There's a ton of seating, and then behind it, there's a big green hill. And there's free concerts, there's pay concerts. It's similar to Summer Stage. Um, uh, definitely, if you have clients who are staying in Brooklyn, it is worth going to check that out. Um, a relatively new venue, and this is a tough-to-see picture, but those are all people. And this is the new Pier 17 uh, at South Street Seaport, and they have concerts on the roof. I think I'm going to see Social Distortion. I can't remember, in, like, August. Um they did some concerts last year, but this year they're really promoting. I mean, the stuff on the subways. And again, clients who are maybe staying downtown, I just went to the new Mr. C. Seafort Hotel. I thought it was really nice. Uh, I had a client, uh, a travel advisor who was staying there. She liked it. She said the, didn't love all the design and whatnot, but I think if clients go and check it, if you go look it online, I think you'd like it. It's right at the seaport. And down by the seaport, you have 
restaurants that are opening up in that building. There's one by David Chang. There's one by Jean George. There's one that we went to called R17, which was on the roof, not where the music was. Definitely worth going to check out. But there's a lot of concerts that are going on in that venue in the spring and summer. So again, I really recommend that. Um, and then at Lincoln Center, they have Midsummer Night Swing, which is different dance stuff. I four or five nights a week. Um, I need to look at their schedule and get my tickets for that. But that's always a lot of fun. And some nights it will be swing and some nights it's a DJ. You know, it's all different stuff that's going on there. They have a big pride event, pride weekend um, at the end of June. And then Shakespeare in the Park. So the Delacorte Theater, they do have two or three different productions of Shakespeare. It is um, a wonderful experience. I saw Julius Caesar there last year. Um, some people are like, oh, I don't want to sit through Shakespeare and whatnot. I, I kind of get it, but I think it's something that everybody should do at least once in their life uh, to, to, see, to see something Shakespeare, and uh, doing it in the park is great. We do have tickets for that if you're looking for them. And for any of these venues, we can always assist with tickets um, if you do have clients who are interested. So, again, I'm a big outdoor – I love outdoor theater and music. It's, 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 it's one of the things – you know, with New York City, we have all these big buildings and and we're always, there's a lot of indoor stuff and we don't always have enough green space. And here are things that are outside, you know, in, 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 in the sun or just in, in, in beautiful evenings to be outside. Um, I didn't mention any Broadway, but we, of course, do tons of Broadway and there's always Broadway shows that are coming out. Um, we do have our Broadway newsletter and I'll make sure that is attached with the replay of this webinar. I think we can fit enough files um, until you guys have that. And it gives an update of all the shows that are going on in New York, all the show, all the Broadway shows that are going on in Manhattan and um, what, you know, all the tickets that you can order from us. So that is the webinar. I hope, uh, I hope you guys had a lot of, you were busy writing things down. Uh, Margot in, in the office is going to put together, she already has put together quite a good one page sheet. I add a few things to it that will go out with this webinar. So you have uh, you have all the information and, uh, when you're speaking to our staff so you can remember what things might interest your clients. Um, and just to give you a rundown of the office, of course, there's me. You can always contact me. Um, for groups, it's Danielle and Josephine. Uh, Josephine is new with Beyond Times Square. She's been there for about two weeks now, so we welcome her. She is fantastic. And uh, her and Danielle have been working together. And then there are Lisa and Lydia, who many of you may know already. Um, I, I enjoy working with everyone in the office. Me, Lisa, and Lydia actually sit right near each other, so we're always involved with what's going on uh, uh, with, our, with our FIT clients. Um, so that is the webinar. I hope it was helpful. Uh, we're going to do some Q&A, so I'm going to turn this back to Lee. All right, Eric. Well, thank you so much. So we welcome your questions now. If you have one for us, please feel free to send that in through the question box, and I will um, read it out loud for everyone's benefit. So a couple that we've already gotten in, Eric. There's one that says, I've read that MoMA wasn't closing till mid-June. Is this correct? Is this what you've heard as well? I have to double check. Off the top of my head, I just don't remember. I thought it was sooner than that. Um, but it's, uh, I should probably even check right now. Um, it might be mid-June. The office knows for sure. Okay. And we can, we can answer that, <clears throat> um, 
we can answer that in a uh, in an email when we see the questions. Oh, it's closing sure. on June 15th, October 21st. Okay. All right. So June 15th. Thanks. That was a you you found it. That's cool. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Next question. You mentioned the house on Staten Island, and uh, we have a comment that says, "I'm driving down from Canada this weekend and staying on Staten Island. Where's where is that house?" Oh, so it's 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 called the Alice Austin House. Um, I think it's on Highland Avenue. Um, again, I can check that right while we're on the phone here. Um, definitely worth going to to check out. It's on the. It's spelled H Y L A N. So two Highland Boulevard. It's right on the water. It's actually on a gorgeous piece of property. And just so you have it, since you're driving, it's Alice A L I C E. And then you spell the last name is A-U-S-T-E-N. And also right. they're opening up a whole bunch of, uh, on Staten Island, they're opening up this huge, um, what do you call it? Not discount, but like when they have like the stores that are like the warehouse stores or like the old, I can't remember what it's called, outlets. It's like outlets. Mm. So they have, they're opening up a huge outlet complex on Staten Island. And if you go there this weekend, it, it actually might be open. <laughs> so if you want to do some shopping. Excellent. Good, good. Thanks. Okay, uh, let me talk about uh, um, groups for a moment. There was a question about how many people are considered a group. So our, our current, and I say current because we talked about changing it, is 20 and up is a group and under 20 is an FIT. Now, there are certain cases where someone has a group of 16 and it's a very like, it seems to be more like a group itinerary than an FIT itinerary. So it might go, it might, it might go between the apartments, but we'll, we figured that out. You don't have to. So basically anything 20 and up is a group. Anything under 20 is an FIT. All right. Thank you. What about, um, uh, the specific question was about a French speaking step-on guide, but um, let's expand the question beyond that and, and find out what languages you can accommodate. So in New York City, we have about 15, 17 different languages. So of course, you know, English, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Portuguese, Mandarin, Cantonese. We even have someone who speaks Czech, Greek, Hebrew, Arabic. So we can cover a lot. Um, in other cities that we offer, like D.C., Philly, Boston, Niagara Falls, you're looking at like the major French, Italian, Spanish, uh, English, of course, and maybe uh, and, and Mandarin here and there. So um, it's just not as much as in New York, but New York does have quite a bit of languages for tour guides. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Thank you. Um, we got a question here. It says, is Alice part of the village? Do you The, the house? Yeah, I think that must be what the question is. Yeah, I mean, Alice Austin House is, it's on a road in Staten Island. It's not really part of, I don't know if I understand the question. It's, it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a freestanding home. Okay. All right, good. Very good. So um, there were questions about the handouts. And yes, so the handout we will be sending out. It's not going to be immediately after the webinar, but it will probably no, it's be, be by, tomorrow, we'll right? Send it, um, probably Monday. Monday. Probably Monday. 
Okay. So, so we're uh, going to get that to you probably by this afternoon or tomorrow, and then I figured we'll all go out on Monday. Okay, perfect. So everybody, you'll get that, and you'll get a link to the replay for this webinar and a link for, and it will include all the other replays, um, all the other um, presentations that we've offered. So anyway, um, that was the last question, and I think I can turn it back to you, Eric, for closing con comments. I, I did forget to mention that we do pay commission on everything that we do offer. So um, whenever you get a price from us, it is commissionable unless you ask for net. Uh, and then also um, we work with about 95% travel advisors. So, you know, you guys, uh, you're all our bread and butter. So we appreciate everything you do. And I hope this was informative and we will speak to you again soon. Thank all right. You. Yeah, thank you so much, Eric. And my thanks as well, everyone. It was great having you here with us. And with that, we will say good day and conclude our presentation. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Bye.